right. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. Uh, My name is Danielle Day, and I'm here with one of my very favorite alumni, Carly Bachman. And as always, my sidekick, Nemo. What's up, Nemo? Okay, now he's nervous. (laughs) Um, Guys, I was excited about having Carly come over and talk about her journey and... Um, Emma Gonzalez, shout out to you, who got me interested in podcasting by way of Joe Rogan, kind of inspired me to go, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Open Up Yoga Teacher Training. Remember, friends, don't goof around with other programs. Go with the highest rated, best loved, most excellent program in your area here that's been training the best yogis since 2013. We have almost 200 reviews on Yoga Alliance, the highest rated locally owned independently run program since 2013. We've trained over 500 people. Super pumped about that. Uh, The podcast is also brought to you by Dog Day Editing. Greg Day, you may remember his good work on Bill Nye, the science guy. Yes, he is available. He's a hired gun. He's a freelancer. He is available. Reach out to him at dogdayediting.com. All right. Well, so welcome, Carly Bachman. Let's say hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you came over. Okay, friends, she just walked in the door. She literally just got her cup of tea. It's true. (laughs) She sat down. And so, Carly, I love to start these things organically. It's like, where are you teaching later today? I'm teaching at Root Yoga in Columbia City. Where is this now? So it's right on Rainier, across from Tutabella. I was just going to ask you that. When you said Columbia City, I was like, okay, help me understand the proximity to Tutabella. <laughs> it's a pretty good landmark. Yeah, it's so, right across the street, no second way. level. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Weird. It's great. One of my first favorite private yoga client gigs was in that building. Uh, Dr. Wendy Furumori, uh, shout out to the best naturopath in Columbia City in Seattle. Um, she was pregnant. And so I was just coming out of prenatal yoga teacher training. It was like 2008-ish. And she took me on as a private client. And I would come to her practice and help her do some postures and stuff. Wow. So you're up like upstairs there? Where yeah. The- so I wonder if the building's been renovated then because it's a relatively new studio. It's like two years old. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely, like big, open, bright space. And you can see the trees outside the windows, and then that's like a really nice way to um, reference seasons changing. And yeah, it's just beautiful. It actually kind of reminds me of fruition, like the second level looking out at the trees. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So how, how long have you been teaching there? Um, about a year and a half, I think. Yeah. What's the style? Um, vinyasa based, but it's 75 minute format. So it gives us a little bit more time to kind of dig into some some slower movement, some deeper postures, um, longer holds, and then like a lovely long shavasana at the end. It's about like 80, 85 degrees, so a little different than like how I started practicing, but that's, I love that now. I think it's a little bit more sustainable, both for teaching and practicing. Yeah. And and all levels love that climate. Yeah. Especially this time of year. (laughs) And this time of year. Absolutely. I'm so excited. You know, the other, the other day, no, it was a few months ago, you popped in and took a class. Yeah, that was probably, that was maybe like almost two years. I don't know. I don't know. It was so fun for me to have you in the room because I just was like, I could observe your progress. I could observe your transformation. I could observe 
just the difference between the Carly I knew in training, who was lovely and awesome, and then this new vehicle of light. When did you do training? Remind me. It was January and February of 2015. Fun. Yeah. Okay. And, and like, who is in your group? It was like Mill, yes, Danielle. Okay. Mill and Amber. Daisha, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. You mm. guys were the butterflies, right? Uh, fireflies. Fireflies. Fireflies, yeah. Titi Basana. Oh, that's right. You guys are that cool picture where you're in a circle and you're holding him. Yeah. Oh, dude, that yeah. was a sweet, yeah. sweet time. And now you're like in what, your sixth year of teaching? Uh, fifth. Nice. So yeah, it's been four and a half years. Yeah. Now, now tell me, walk me through it. You got out of training and then what happened next? Where did you start? What was the deal? I got out of training and I was subbing at... Um, I love hot yoga, which is now Seattle Yoga Lounge. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and I was kind of thinking, you know, like, oh, maybe I don't need this nine to five job that I thought I needed right after college. Um, and the way that life works is right when you think that you don't want something, it gives you it. So I ended up this, I had stopped applying to jobs and then I got a call from um, a global health NGO that was, that kept my resume and was like, here, let's have a nine to five job. So then I was like, okay, maybe yoga is like my thing that I do on the side, side kind hustle. of more like, yeah, almost kind of thinking that I needed to like protect it somehow, I think, you know, from like. I don't know, being a source of income and that somehow would make it less yeah, fulfilling to cheaper. me. Um, but so then I went to New Zealand for a year <laughs> and I taught for a bit there. And that was a little bit scary because I was like, I need to go to an audition. I don't really know um, what they're looking for. I had been to the studio for probably about a month and a half before that. And then I was like, you know, I think I want to teach again. And I stepped out of the first class after teaching there. And I was like, oh, I almost forgot what this feels like. Dude, and like, I was like, I almost felt like I forgot like a part of myself. I was like, oh, I remember and I need to do this. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 2017. So I taught for a couple months there. And then when I came back, um, started teaching more regularly here, which has been really lovely. So where yeah. all do you teach? Um, I teach at the Six as well, which is What's a. What's that? I'm so out of the loop. Uh, it's like? a new. It's a new studio. Okay. Where? So it's in South Lake Union, okay. right across from the ah! Pemco Building on Dexter. Dude, um, and they do like a pretty unique style. It's like their own thing. Um, doing hip hop based yoga. Oh, how fun! Yeah, so it's really like the power flows are quite active. Um, and I teach more of the slow flow now. That's just like kind of where my practice and my teaching has gone. Um, so my playlists are a little bit more like R&B. But I love it because um, when I started, honestly, don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay. It's just between Don't tell you anyone. You. It was kind of because I wanted to be in control of the playlist. I was Got like, it. I want Good to choose the music. Do you, boo. Yeah. So now I'm in total control. And it's really, um, Yeah. I just love it. And they're opening a new um, location in Ballard very oh. soon, like mid-October. Well, this is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up. I love this. This is, friends, this is the funnest thing about being a boutique program, you know? We're like a tiny little outfit with a big circle of friends, and it's all about the networking and learning about what's going on yeah. out there. So I appreciate you coming into my little cave here and helping me understand what's happening in the wider world. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also volunteer teach uh, for the International Rescue Committee. 
um, which is an organization that supports refugees both at home and abroad. So, From where? Um, so the group that I teach is a group of Bhutanese refugees wow. who are all um, – they're part of the senior group, so most of them are over 65. Wow, And most rockers. of them don't speak English. That's beautiful. Yeah, so how do you communicate? So we have a translator. Okay. Um, which is partially how I communicate because there's so much that's not. So is, do you just get so into the energetic adjustments? Kind of, yeah. And it's interesting because that one, that class is more of like a trauma-informed class. So... Uh, it's a little bit more like gentle yoga, but at the same time, they're really interested in becoming stronger. And I'm they interested in hearing more about this. Yeah, they're pretty. They're all gardeners. Um, we do it at, at like a church space down in Tukwila, and outside they each have their own little plot in this garden through the IRC. Um, and so they they all are pretty active, you know. Um, and then they. They come in and we sit in a circle and roll out the yoga mats and the chairs and just kind of see what happens. I tried to do a little bit of the same thing every week, but also then check in with everyone and see what. what tell me your format. Walk me through it. Would you start in seated meditation? Or? Yeah. So we start um, usually in a circle with chairs and then mats rolled out in front of us. And I say that they can start either in the chair or on the mat. That is all levels instruction at yeah. its finest because sitting on the floor without back support is an advanced posture. Yeah. Yeah. So you. There, there are people who do both. And then we start with some um, like orienting and grounding practices. So like looking around the room, noticing um, kind of like a five senses meditation usually. Right. Um, all so they is, can really like close the eyes in the back of their head. Yeah. Yeah. Get a sense of like where they are in the space um, and then do like maybe a little bit of meditation or maybe some sort of like something that you're grateful for today. Something very simple usually. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then we move through, start, I usually start in the chair and do some like neck exercises or stretches and then they've been some, gardening. Right. Yeah. Um, and usually like shoulders and neck is yeah. something that everyone appreciates. Always. Always. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we love to do a little bit of a chair pose cause we have our chair and then you can sit in it or you can stand up and yeah, they, um, sometimes we move around the room, uh, do some like walking meditation kind of stuff uh, nice. noticing feet on the floor is always nice. helpful yes could become like a little be bit now yeah like be on the breath you're on because yeah are these people in transition in a big way with housing and residents and like status and sometimes most of them so to be honest I don't know exactly what everyone is yeah. going through but most of them have been best. here for a while yeah so you kind of have to be like aware that there's a range of experiences. Yeah. Um, do you do you find yourself making assumptions and then having to check that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a part of, I think, trauma-informed teaching as well, is that you have to be aware of what your own kind of assumptions or biases or, um, yeah, just thoughts about the space or, you know, because sometimes you might come into a group with 65 plus people and you're like, 
oh, well, you guys all want to be in chairs. And then they're like, no, I want to work on my core. Isn't that cool? Isn't it? it is. I'm telling like, you, right? You check your clients in the same and you're like, what do you want to work on today? How are you feeling head to toe? Everyone's like, I want to work on abs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's <awesome>. the same. <laughs> That's so fun. So what music choices do you end up making for this crowd relative to the people at the six? So usually no music until maybe just Shavasana. Nice. Sometimes I don't use any in Shavasana because sometimes there's enough like outside noise going sure. on. It's not the most ideal environment. It's like a hall where there's people walking in and out sometimes. Well, if you can outside. get yourself into flow state in that environment, you really have yeah. something. If you need complete silence and candles and dimly lit yeah. perfection, then you have nothing. Yeah. Great if you have it, <laughs> but like can't have it all the time. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's great. So, How long have you been doing that? A year, but started last August. Um, and I'd had a co-teacher um, who is an art therapy student. So she's moved on to doing her internship now. So if anyone's interested in being my co-teacher, nice. spot is available. <laughs> awesome. So um, what's the easiest way for people to connect with you? Like we always cite your like websites and yes. you know stuff on the piece. So what just shout out. My what? website is olacarly.com. How do you spell that? H O L A like ola in Spanish. olacarly.com and carly is C A R L Y. And my email is carly at olacarly.com. That's so chill. Is this inspired by didn't you go to Portugal? Or- uh, yes, I went to Spain. Oh my um, God. Where did you go in Spain? Cadiz in the very south. It's about an hour south of Sevilla. It's a little teeny beach town. That's Studied right. abroad there. You did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you had just come back from there when you did teacher training? It would have been like, yeah, a year, maybe a year after that. Yeah. So And, and so like going back to New Zealand, tell oh, me yeah. more about that. What was the deal? What brought you out there? And then what did you learn <laughs> teaching internationally? What was that like? Yeah. So, oh, really interesting also to take classes like internationally you're like oh is this a New Zealand thing or is this just like a people who learned it's it's really interesting actually highly recommend taking (laughs) classes abroad if you ever are traveling um because it's also a really interesting way to check your own practice and be like oh how much change can I handle and how much of this is me and how much can I it's just yeah it's very interesting um so yeah, I went to New Zealand because I was looking for an adventure. I, my friend and I had wanted to go to Australia or New Zealand after graduating, and it just ended up that it wasn't until three years later that our timing worked out. Um, but yeah, went and just kind of traveled around and decided to stay in Nelson at the top of the South Island, which is great. It's um, like hippies and old retired people oh. and... Yeah, it's <laughs> they're super active people, right? They're like massively fit, right? Yeah, most people are pretty outdoorsy. Not everyone. I mean, it's hard to make generalizations about sure. the whole country, yeah. but in general, like there's just a lot of opportunity for outdoor activities. So a lot of people do take advantage of that. Does it look like um, Lord of the Rings? Like it really real? does. Oh my god, really that's does. so neat. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, and then I Ended up there and I was like, I got to do some yoga. <laughs> like I'd gone to a couple classes. Um, I went to an Iyengar class for the first time while I was traveling around for the first like month. And I was like, mm, probably not for me. But so I was trained Iyengar. It's just, can you believe that? I put up I, wow. with that for nine months. My personality and that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and went to a couple just more vinyasa based classes 
and then was so happy to find a hot studio in Nelson because Nelson was like, I don't know, 30 or 60,000 people. It was pretty small, um, depending on how much of the outskirts you're counting. Um, and I, I just remember this one thing that whenever we went into Malasana, they told us to point our toes forward, which I was How like, do, you do that. I know. I was like, my my knees are that? bending. Yeah. You gotta forward. line up your knee over the space my between second, third so toe. Weird. I'm trying to think. Even with my super tight hip complex, I can't imagine. Yeah, doing that. I was just like, huh? Why? Huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And multiple teachers did it though. I and was did like, you, oh, did interesting. you stop the bus and be like, I'm just curious. Why? I didn't. I should have. <laughs> it's just interesting to be like, well, okay, in this tradition, apparently this is important. Yeah. What's behind that? And yeah. I'm always curious to learn what the answers are. Yeah. And then um, I learned, uh, I think it's called moksha. Yeah. Moksha is like a, I don't know. I'd never heard of it here. I think it might be Canadian. Like that's right. Yeah. Yes, that's an outfit out of Canada. So um, I've taught a moksha class now because <laughs> I had to sub for someone and I was like, what, what do we do? What are the do? central tenets of moksha? It's it's very similar to like a 26 pose hatha ah, ah. with a couple of different things. Like they add um, sort of a sequence of just like a chaturanga flow. You just do like five or 10 of them. Fun. Like um, at the front end, like a warm up. Yeah, it's um, now I'm like having trouble remembering. <laughs> I just love that point. word, moksha, liberation, yeah. freedom from suffering. So that's their whole shtick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Does it hold space for Shavasana on purpose? Like, I'm always curious about sequencing in terms of like, you know, it's so haphazard how we mm -hmm. end up at the 60 minute mark. It's like maybe you budget for some five minutes of Shavasana. Maybe it's like we're ending at 60 and you're on your own, friends. Just be quiet because friends are hanging out later. Like, is there a format in any of your teaching where you're making a strategic decision for timing where you're like, I'm going to preserve this amount of time for Shavasana? Now in the classes that yeah, I teach? Yeah, just in general. Yeah, I try to, in like a 75 minute class, I'll leave like, eight or 10 minutes at the end That's and kind of lovely. budget maybe like two, two and a half minutes to get people out of it. Um, That's slowly. kind. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. After eight yeah. minutes, you can't just be like, okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. And sit up. <laughs> it's like, maybe roll to your side. Maybe you just stay here. Oh, I'm maybe so take a couple happy breaths. for yeah. you. So you've been like a teacher now for years. Yeah, I guess. What, <laughs> what would you say defines your priorities like as an instructor, like how are you showing up in the world, Carly? I I love that I get to loop back with you. You know, you were a little brand new butterfly that we set yeah. free. Firefly, sorry, firefly. <laughs> um, I think that my teaching really kind of emphasizes returning agency to students now um, in a way that makes them feel empowered and not just kind of like, you know, you you hold space, you hold the container for whatever experience they're having but I try a lot less now than when I was starting to kind of curate that experience for them. It's like, you're going to have whatever experience you have as a student. And I'm here to make sure that that, that container feels safe enough for you to have that experience, um, that you can be brave or courageous in this space um, and that you can feel like you. So I try to make it a really inclusive, um, all levels practice Good as well. Job. Good um, job. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. And you know, I've, so I've done quite a bit of trauma informed training now. Um, and I realized that so much of what we did in the original 200 hour training without maybe 
billing itself as being trauma informed in quotes. Like it really was trauma informed. Really? Because for me, trauma informed yoga, Hollow Quarry says this, is people informed yoga. So it's just being aware of the complexity of the human experience and, you know, what your students may or may not have experienced in their own lives or be experiencing at that time. That's awesome. And so you're just trying to be inclusive and aware and conscious of your own stuff. Um, What what do you hang your hat on to have that? A priority is it have to do with dialogue or sequencing? Tell me more. I'm I'm so interested in this because I feel like what we're trying to do at Open Up Yoga Teacher Training is make it so that we could look anyone in the world in the face and say, "Come to class. I'll make it work for you." Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is in dialogue. Um, for me, I think language is really important. So using invitational language um, and removing hierarchy. Um, yeah. So no, like beginner, advanced, right. intermediate, right. no level one, level right. two. Right, we no, like to level say three. variation and option. Yeah, yeah. Because modification just immediately sounds like yeah. Sometimes I'll use modification in the sense of modifying anyway. So mo- you can modify by adding on. You can modify by subtracting. You know, it's just literally modify meaning change, not modify meaning dumb it down. Yeah, yeah. Um. Awesome. Yeah, there's so much, um, I think, competition that can come into yoga. Why is that? Oh, I think it's probably just like our social conditioning about being good enough or yeah. the best. Or I mean, it's really the thing I think we're up against in trying to help more people get on their mats. It's yeah. such a weird irony. It's like yoga literally meets you where you're at. And when you are a teacher like yourself... You know, you're giving people permission to make their way, and that's awesome. But this perceived gym intimidation on steroids, mm. serious yeah. barrier. I don't know if it's an Instagram thing or a social thing. Where, no, we're gonna, if we start talking about Instagram, I won't stop. I have to hear because I'm 51 and mm. I farm that task out to my friends. Yeah. I don't even know how to open the app. I don't know. <laughs> I, seriously, if you see ever something I post personally, it I was maybe drinking. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. I need yeah, to hear. Uh, I definitely think there's a way to do it that feels authentic. Um, and I've... I don't know. I've heard some teachers that I really respect say that, like, it's a necessary evil in this day and age. That's Um, a fear thing right there, man. Yeah. Like, it is a great way to connect with people, but also, like, who are you connecting with and how? I just think that it's, I guess my, like, biggest issue, or maybe not an issue, but my biggest thing with Instagram is that it's always going to be visually oriented. That is the nature of that platform. So if we are primarily communicating yoga in a visual way, then it's like, it's not really what it is. It's it's so much more comprehensive. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what your caption is or, I mean, I don't know. There's. It, it, it does, it does amplify the FOMO. Right? Yeah, the fear of missing out is is something I just don't want to track traffic in. But yeah. but yeah, that sometimes is what's getting people in the door. Um, activist Naomi Klein has a fun saying where she's like, "So you have Twitter, which is the algorithm of hate, <laughs> and then you have Instagram, which is the algorithm of envy." Mm, 
so true. And another thing about Instagram yoga is that so often it's um, not only just like visually beautiful, but maybe it's like a famous, famous, yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, quotations, Insta famous yogi in like Bali on a rice terrace with like a very nice DSLR camera, professional photographer, lighting, Filters. and it's been put through <laughs> doctor. Photoshop. And it's like, yeah, that's a beautiful image, but what is it conveying to people? And yeah, that's an anatomically perfect dancer pose, but what's the point of it? Like, yeah. even uh, honestly, even if you have a caption that's like, this isn't really my yoga practice, it doesn't really matter. People are going to see it yeah. and be like, oh, yeah. I can't do that. I'll never do that. Yeah. You know, the other day I was at the supermarket and the checker it was reporting that she couldn't do yoga and that when she was in rehab for opioid addiction, this woman came in to teach them yoga and she got the memo that it wasn't for her. Mm. And and so we're in this moment where maybe we're going to bring a lot of students in with the FOMO and these wonderful pictures. It just mm. looks like life is figured out when you're a yogi. You yeah. know, figured out. Yeah. And on the other side of the spectrum is we have people who are suffering. And if we can just make a little room for them and put them on their mat, that's what it sounds like what you're up to. Yeah, so that's what I really hope more. that – I hope that that's the direction that – yoga is going as well. We can make that true. Yeah. And I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with stepping on your mat because you saw Keno McGregor in a handstand. You're like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's fine. If that gets you in the door, like, honestly, if I'm, if I'm being very, very honest with myself, I came back to power because like power yoga, because I was like, that's the most I've ever sweat. I'm finally going to get abs. Like I was like, this is, you know, I was a college student and I was you like, were so college student <laughs> when I met you. This makes me happy because in circle, like day one of teacher training, you're like telling your story about your journey. And you're like, yeah, you know, at first I thought yoga was old lady stretching class. <laughs> it's so true. I was like, okay, so that's stretching for old people and I'll stick to Pilates and that's going to be my thing. Yeah. And I wanted like a really active practice. And I was like, I'm going to get like tricep definition and, you know, and like that stuff comes and it goes like I've not had it. I've had it. And it doesn't really matter. Like that's and no matter how many times somebody can tell you that until you find it to be true, like within your own body and your own being, it's not really going to sink in. So like I think it's unfortunate that there are yoga classes out there that are taught in a way that really emphasizes that. Like I just shudder anytime. Um, man, one time I had a teacher who was like, bikini season's coming up. And I was like, no, do not bring that into my my yoga practice. Um, but like if that's the reason that you come to your mat in the first mm -hmm. place, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. And yeah. I also think what's been really important for me as a teacher is being like, all right, I can't really control whether or not this person like gets whatever message I'm trying to put out there. Like, even if I say like, we're not doing core work so that you get abs, like they might not care <laughs> and it's okay. It's really They're on their spine. own path and I can't like push them along on it. They, they need to do it themselves. Well, that sounds like a healthy mindset. Like right away when you're talking about what inspires you about trauma-informed teaching and about the importance of messaging, you know, God bless the teachers out there trying their best and bikini season. Yeah, we live in North America. That's a thing. But gosh, 
it's wonderful for you as a teacher to notice the contrast you're experiencing and be kind of grateful for that reminder of like, hey, that's what this teacher stands for. It helps me remember what I care about. Yeah. So good job. I mean, you know, I'm with that. I really am because in this phase of life at 51, I'm here to tell you, if you're hanging your hat on how you looked at 30, you're never going to be happy again or you're going to spend every bit of your energy and money and time and, and bandwidth on chasing the youth dragon. Yeah. It's okay to be like a normal person. Yeah. A human. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the, the, this, I love this idea that your schedule is so varied with different audiences. Like the South Lake Union crowd. Mm, yeah. What's going on there? Like how do you like take your position in slow flow and own it? Um, I think that honestly that kind of confidence has just come over time. Um, so there are people who walk into that class who definitely are interested in a more physical practice um, yeah, and not they're interested in, in going slow. Yeah, which I South Lake Union. Yeah. I mean, we might as well be in Los Angeles. Yeah. I had like, and I get it because I've been there. <laughs> I was like, I remember going to like teacher's classes who I seek out now um, earlier in my practice and being like, oh, I guess I'll go to their class. It's kind of slow. It's kind of boring. Like, it's not really for me, but I'll just add some extra ab stuff in there and it'll be good. <laughs> uh, I was young and naive. Um, <laughs> it's all part of the journey though. And I can, I can honor that as yeah, part of it. Totally. You, it's um, like, you're grateful for that reminder of yeah. what your priorities were. And then when you have students who are in that phase of life, you can meet them rather. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I try to usually like weave in some philosophy or some reminders that it's not about, you know, the way that we look or what we're doing necessarily, but how we're doing it. And that's awesome because, you know, somewhere that message is getting in and that's probably where they're coming back. Yeah, that's what we hope, right? Yeah. No, I love it because honestly, we probably lure them in with the butt. Mm. And yeah. and then they stick around. <laughs> yeah, then they stick around for the breath. I literally think that's mm. the way it starts. Yeah, you know, they come in thinking, okay, it's like working on my my equipment here. I'm gonna just like refine this physical form. I'm gonna do the things I'm supposed to do. Yeah, but then they. What's start- really nice too is that um, so that studio is relatively new and just uh, past like the maybe year and a half mark. It's just over a year old. Um, and seeing the students who have been there from the beginning and the way that their practice has changed or how, so? how they're ex- inspired to like go do a 200 yes. hour teacher training. It's really awesome um, because so? you can see people come in to go to a fitness class maybe right? and then they start to feel the way that their body changes and the way that they feel stronger, not just physically, but um, mentally or like emotional resilience. Um, I recently had a student who, uh, was, I think she came to my classes. They were noon classes, um, because she was in between jobs and transitioning employment. And then, um, when she got a new job, she said, I just want to let you know that like, I'm getting a new job, won't be able to come to these noon classes, but I really hope to be able to come to your classes still whenever they're available. Um, but I want to let you know that it's been like a really transformative experience. And I don't just mean physically. Um, I mean, like mentally, emotionally. And I was just like, uh, in my head is your voice being like, you need to learn to take a compliment and a criticism the exact same way. But I was like, I feel so full. Like, that is why I do this. Right. Yeah. And 
that's why hopefully we all do it. <laughs> yes, because it's just it that little reminder. Something. Yeah. Right. And and it's a wonderful reminder, isn't it? Because you're doing all this heavy lifting, this hard work, planning out these classes, you know, doing your life, getting there on time, you know, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you can be clear, so you can hold space for them. And in the back of your mind, maybe you're thinking, like, I'm just dumb old me. This is probably not working. This is stupid. And you start listening to your own dialogue. You're like, I'm so cheesy. Like, mm. I can't believe people are here. I can't believe people stick around for this. I suck. Yeah. But you just push through anyway. You Guard that secret with your life. You push through, and lo and behold, yeah. every so often somebody comes out from behind themselves and says, "Just so you know, I'm in a personal free fall. Yeah. The times I feel best are when I come out of this class." Yeah. Good job, Carly. Yeah, Own it. Really That's awesome. And it, and it's like we know that it's not anything we're doing special, but it's it's the yoga doing its work. Right. Yeah. And everything you were saying on the front end of our chat here was about you trusting that process. They're going to have the class they're going to have. Tell me more about your internal self-talk so you don't make mm. it all about Carly having to change the world every single time. Yeah, that, I think that's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Um, because I remember getting out of teacher training and being like, oof, this is such a big responsibility. Like, I really want to make sure that I'm, like, doing this practice justice and um, teaching in a way that, I, I mean, I think I always, I think you taught us to teach in a really accessible way. But I think that over the past couple of years, I've really embraced the fact that you can't be everyone's teacher that what you say may or may not land with someone and you have to just be able to kind of let go of it what you said about the yoga doing its work I think something that I've noticed is a hallmark of really skilled teachers is that they're able to step out of the way to just physically leaving space for uh silence in their dialogue um and I try to do more of that now I definitely notice myself trying to fill up space still which is this is like a lifelong process of learning the way that you teach and what you can do better um and I think that so back to your question of like internal self-talk I think there was a lot of like "Ooh, am I good enough for this do I know enough like really really focusing on like knowledge like do I have enough knowledge which I think is fine to be like critically conscious of your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I probably erred on the side of caution there where I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I don't know enough to, to teach that. Or I don't know enough to like do a workshop, you know, Um, I'm actually teaching my first workshop. When, where, tell me more. October 6th. It's a sun salutation workshop. um, One to 3 PM at root yoga in Columbia city. Okay, cool. We'll put that up. No, no, this is what it's about. This is the synergy. Yeah, but it, I mean, it has taken four and a half years for me to feel like I deserve to teach that pretty much, you know, like the internal self-talk is like, there are plenty of other people who can teach that and, and I don't know enough and, well, good job getting out of your own way. You have profound knowledge yeah, to share, you know? Yeah. And, and and for you to be able to tell yourself, I don't have to be everyone's teacher, gives you permission to say, exactly. I may not know everything, but I know a lot about the part I know. Yeah. It's and been like really great. freeing, really good. liberating to realize that and then to practice it, to like check in with myself, be like, okay, not everyone's teacher. That didn't land with that person. That's okay. That's okay. Um. 
Yeah, but and then you get the people who it does land with, and you're like, that's why. And yeah. obviously, like, I go to classes, and I'm like, you're not my teacher, yeah. and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. We're grateful for the moment that maybe we got to learn what we know, and that's right. all right, too. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me happy because I just know we can put so much pressure on ourselves. And, you know, there's a, there's people that were from, you know, trainings in your era who are still not teaching. And they write mm. me all the time and they say, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. And I'm like, you know what? That story is the most boring part about you. Mm. You know, you have to set that aside because you're making it about yourself. If you make it about them and you just fall back on the skills that you learned, trust, trust, get out of your own way and just yeah. show up. And I honestly don't know if it ever gets less scary. No, it's I've like been a different sp- kind of scary, maybe. But it's the scary that makes you remember that you care. I had a yeah. great chat with a colleague. She and I came up in the fitness industry together in about two thousand one, two thousand two, and we were having lunch. And she was like, "How was class today?" Because she knew I just I was like, "Oh, you know, I never stop being scared." She's like, "You know what, Danielle?" She goes, "I should have quit when I stopped being scared." You know, there was a period where I thought, you know. That was just like I had accomplished something like that's no, I didn't care anymore. Mm, she yeah. said. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah. I think that I've heard that before. Like nervousness just means this is in the context of like performing arts. Um, but yeah, nervousness is just an indication that you care, which is fine. Like that's okay and write it out and And guard um, that secret with your life. You're not going to open with that, Yeah, but you're going to just feel yourself get bigger, feel yourself get a little stronger, feel yourself get a little louder, Yeah, and then it's a positive feedback loop where you're like, okay, I guess I can do this. People come out and they're like, yay, and you're like, what class were you in? The class I was involved in was terrible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and I think a lot of that too has been um, like shadow work in the last couple of years. I went to um, a, it was called a leadership intensive with Off the Mat Into the World this mm-hmm. year. So it was Hala Corey, Suzanne Sterling, and Sean Korn leading What'd it. What'd you learn? What'd you learn? It was really amazing. It was five days. So it was truly an intensive. It was um, a lot of inner work for the first couple of days. And then the next couple were kind of deciding like what your activism looks like in this arena. Um So I just remember Sean Korn saying that when you feel fear or resistance, like there's something to learn there. It's not something that you need to push down to the depths of your soul and ignore (laughs) um, or completely deny. Like say like, hey, all right, fear, what's going on here? What do you have to teach me? And you don't have to move through it right away, like especially with resistance to something. It's like you don't have to break down those walls and just power through it. You can be like, hmm, I noticed this resistance. I wonder where that comes from. Maybe I just kind of sit with it for a while, learn the shape of it, you know, and then maybe start to tap on some of the cracks or, you know, let the I love this visual of like a stream running through rock. That like you don't always have to be a giant waterfall or a flood. It can just be a little stream running through rock and then eventually it becomes a canyon. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It's a lifelong process, isn't it? Yeah. So I've I've actually had a lot of that resistance to teaching yoga, like more full time. 
rather than just as a side gig. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, I wonder why I'm so resistant to this. So what's the deal right now? Is this your side hustle or is this your full time? It's um, in transition. transition. (laughs) So when you took that workshop and it helped you get clarity around your dharma, what would you say your purpose is? Like, did you land on a specific mission for your activism? Like, I think the main takeaway at this point in my life or journey is that it's not something that I can necessarily plan out. Right. That's, um, that's healthy. Yeah. It's um, it's hard for a Capricorn man. <laughs> that's right. Because you guys are all about getting up that hill. Yeah. Pushing through. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot it's of all pushing. forward progression for pushing. you guys. Um, it's, you guys have shame in taking a little sit down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Constructive rest is a big one. Um, but I think that it's more that I just need to lead with my heart rather than my head. Yes. Um, Which is a a difficult thing to do and just kind of follow the road signs, you know? Right. There's a, I'll remember the um, name of this person who said this quote. It's a poet. I'll remember it later. But he said, um, what you can plan Mm -hmm. is too small for you to live. What you can plan is too small for you to live. Yeah, I love it. That's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. So so how does that inform your day? Uh, <laughs> well, I do love a good plan, so there are still some plans. But I think it's more, more of a way of approaching life so that you can maybe make some plans but then allow them to adjust as needed. Yes. Like if I look back, all the best things in my life were not planned. You attracted them to you. Yeah, couldn't like – couldn't have planned them no. if I tried. Couldn't have dreamed right. them up, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's what's so cool about the path, isn't it? Your vibration is 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 paying off every second. And whatever is coming at us is what we've attracted to us. And there's never a bad thing. It's just something to either learn from or mm. to accept and own and claim. Yeah. That's fun. That is fun. And and it's it's an it's an obvious example about you taking a stand for what you believe in and just serving from there and knowing that it's not all your job. Yeah. Oh, that's a big one. It's not all your job. Yeah. Have you been studying Ayurveda at all? Not really. I'm, I mean, there's like bit a bit by bit. Awesome cup of energy about you that I appreciated oh, yeah. long ago that stuck with me. Like, you know, I've trained over 500 people, but yeah. Carly Bachman, I remember solid. <laughs> And we, and Big we, earth energy. Yeah, it's grounding, you know? You, you We can hang our hat here. Yeah. You show up and you take it real serious. So my question for you, when that cup of loyalty and devotion turns into attachment, what's mm. your remedy? What do you do to pull yourself up if you ever get stuck in a little bit like, ugh? Ooh, yeah. Non-attachment is such a tough um, practice, but also for me, like, I remember learning about it theoretically in yoga and being like, well, but how does that work? How can you like care about social issues and not get attached to the outcome there? Um, how can you kind of, yeah, it was, it was a really hard thing to try to understand and I still grapple with it, I think. Um, because also one of those um, main points of the, off the mat training that I did was like, you have to be able to do this work and stay with it and be non-attached to the outcome of the work. And I was like, how does 
possibly do that. Yeah, boundaries. I don't. Yeah. I think that's something that I'm still yeah. well working through. Yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. I get excited to 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 offer um, a little support on that because I was first trained as a social worker. Mm, yeah, I remember I that. Fitness, and the big mantra was always to not foster dependence. Mm. You know, to just hold space. And just do your best and then be able to say, all right, I'm going to go from nothing to something and then back to nothing. And I know that's tough, but that's when we're putting ourselves as the most important factor. Yeah. The size of our suffering is the size of our ego. Yeah. It's the size of our suffering. And yeah. so if we're deciding that it's all on us and that if we're not agitated and leaping up out of our chairs every second about the issue, we're not doing our part, you're not going to have any prana left over for your life. And you were born to live. Yep. And I know it's, but caring and putting your attention, there's enough. So when you like fly your flag that this is the Carly Bachman brand, this is what I stand for. Is there a certain piece of social justice or about, or about the economy or about the environment or about the culture? Like, like where do you plant your flag and say, this is what I fight for? Um, <laughs> that's such a big question. Uh, that's bit. That's the hazard of being a yoga teacher, right? Like it? all we don't social do justice talk. in general. We just want to talk equality about equality for all beings <laughs> and God and breathing. Like we yeah, just, we just can't get through the day unless we have these important conversations. Oh, I know. Oh, we we did this. So I recently went to a trauma informed and community based um, training in Bali that was sixty hours. So we did a lot of work around this, and we did. Um, an exercise that was called your perfect world. And it was, we had to get like five people in a group and decide what our perfect world looked like. You come up with all these principles and it was basically just like, um, well, everyone should be equal in all ways. (laughs) Like everything should be just and fair. And (laughs) it was like, how do, how do we actually put this into practice? Like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I, I guess maybe, Oh, that is such a tough question. What I hang my hat on. Yeah, I think that um, justice and equality in like personal relationships, um, in your everyday interactions, um, it's a stay at interactions in and actions and too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, is really important to me, and I think that when we realize that. Everything we do is interdependent. Yes. Um, that we act differently, we behave differently. Yes. Um, yeah, when we remember yes. who we are and who we are to each other, yes. and we can really. That's move why forward. this work of doing teacher training is an addiction because yeah. you get all these strangers together, and then suddenly these barriers and these boundaries and these perceptions of separate, they just fall away and you see them actively root for each other. You yeah. see sympathetic joy. The breakdowns over. and the breakthroughs. It's yeah. beautiful. It's how life can be if we yeah. learn to remember. Yeah. To remember yeah. that we're all I connected. think that really speaks to the space that you hold for people mm-hmm. as well, that they feel, you know, safe enough and courageous enough to have those kind of vulnerable connections and and moments yeah i remember having my my mid 200 hour breakdown and being like i can't do this i can't hold this kind of space for people i'm going to take on all of their problems i'm not going to be good enough for this it was really like oh i didn't even think this existed within me this like self-doubt um but i i had to 
kind of have that breakdown and move through it to be like, no, I'm really glad I'm here. I'm meant to do this. Let's go. Last Good three job. weeks of training. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, it always happens in week six. Yeah. Every one of my it's friends. Week six. I told you. Every one of my friends and family, you know, we work out a couple times a week together, me and my best friend. And she's like, okay, what week are they in? And, <laughs> and Greg, too. He knows it. They're like, okay, how's it going? And so when everyone knows we're headed there, I'm like, yeah. I know, right? And so, so what do we do there? We just make sure that we're clear, right? Yeah. So just like to finish our chat, which I'm so grateful that we're getting a chance to do, Carly, tell me your process of being clear because kind of like a lighthouse, if we don't polish our own windows, if we don't make sure that things are just so and all set and orderly, that we can't, we can't be the light. We can't hold space. We can't you know, we're just going to, we're going to be in this space. we got to pull ourselves out. So how do you stay clear? How do you get clear? What's your little routine? Um, do you mean like prior just like to before a class teaching? Yeah. Or just, yeah. Yeah, so, or just for your week or your year or I whatever. think that staying grounded is really important to me. Maybe that's my big earth energy again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but usually before a class or before an important conversation or when I feel myself getting kind of either um, worked up or dissociated or uh, feeling some type of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stop and see if I can feel my feet on the ground. Good job. And then and I notice like what this moment feels like in my body. Right. And then I take a breath, obviously. Come back to your breath. Always the breath, maybe a couple breaths. Um, and then just kind of like listen, listen to what's happening, what the internal narrative is, maybe challenge it, maybe Being just sit with seer. it. Good job. Yeah. That takes um, such discipline to be the seer. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't always happen exactly like this. This is what I try to do. <laughs> yep, that's a practice. Um, yeah. And then move forward based on, on what I learned from, from that. And usually right now it's been coming back to this place of like, it's Okay you're ready. You can do this. You have the tools. You're ready enough. Like just, just do it. That word enough. Yeah. Like the more I do this, the more I think about this, the more I live, the more I think that that's what Samadhi means. Mm. It means I'm enough. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm whole. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in teacher training, I don't know, maybe I just took it the wrong way, but I really thought it was going to be some sort of mystical experience where all you perceived were colors (laughs) and like, (laughs) you know, like you could read everyone's aura and life would just feel like you were floating all the time. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's being able to say in this body today, in this moment in time and in this situation, I have everything I need and I'm okay. Yeah. I think that's what it is, but yeah, I love that. Yay. Well, I love having had a chance to talk to you, Carly. I love being here. This is so Yay. fun. I'm so grateful. So we have the the workshop coming up October sixth. Yes. yes. At Root mm-hmm. in Columbia City. 1 to 3 p.m. 1 to 3 p.m. And, they and attendees will Ooh. get Ooh. a little packet with um, what a sun salutation <gasps> is. Nice. We'll do a little bit of history, break down that. the poses, build them back up, make it work for your body. Perfection. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, how would they sign up? Um, you can go to rootyogaseattle.com. 
or there's a link on my Instagram bio. We know how I feel about Instagram. (laughs) It is at Ola Carly. (laughs) Love it. Ola Carly. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful, Carly. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, friends, um, you can catch up with Carly following her on Instagram. We'll put the links up on the page. And as ever, we're so very grateful that you took time to sit down and listen to the podcast. Uh, We call it Light Not Might because... The word might can be something that gets in our way, whether it's being iffy about something and feeling tenuous about stepping forward in life or just forcing something too much. And I love that we got to share and learn more about Carly's story so that, friends, if you are thinking about if the path is right for you, well, then you've already done the hard work and just say yes to yourself. Any pep talk in mind for anybody on the fence about if this is the right path or journey? I think if you're thinking about it, than it is. There you go. There you go. You may be at increased risk for becoming a yoga teacher. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you might already be on the way. You don't even know it yet. So thanks so much, you guys. And as ever, please thank you very much for listening and namaste. Namaste.